Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing stewardship. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined by Jane Ho, Head of Stewardship for APAC. Welcome, Jane, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Daniel. Very happy to be here today with you. So hopefully we've seen an increasing trend over the years, and and hopefully one can argue with the pandemic of increased engagement uh, by companies um, and by investors with companies to achieve, I guess, particularly sustainability objectives, ESG objectives. Uh, And I think stewardship plays a big part of that. But for listeners, Jane, who maybe aren't quite so familiar with this part of the investment universe, could you explain how you define stewardship and then perhaps go into the changes that you've seen over the last couple of years in terms of stewardship in Asia? Yeah, sure. At BNP Paribas Asset Management, we believe that economic sustainability is essential for us to safeguard long-term returns. And we've identified three preconditions which we call the three E's internally. And these are the energy transition, environmental sustainability, and equality and inclusive growth. So what stewardship means is using our investments and influence with both companies and policymakers to achieve these goals. And the main tools that we use are voting, engagement, that's with companies, and also engagement with policymakers uh, through policy advocacy. So coming on to Asia and what's really changed, I think, as you kind of alluded to, we've seen a big step up in activity. And, you know, we've really seen growing recognition of the importance of stewardship globally, but particularly for this region, which is really the battleground, as we know, for issues like climate change and having an energy transition in a just way, particularly taking into account local communities. So from an investor perspective, definitely we've seen more resources dedicated to this area and hence a step up in action. And we're seeing more developed policies and responses from investors. Voting, for example, um, having clearly defined policies uh, so that people know and have expectations on how you will vote. And also incorporating ESG considerations into these policies, as well as engagement around those issues. So corporate governance, climate issues. And we've also seen investors using a variety of different tools as well. So these could be asking questions at AGM, sending private letters to board members, and also filing and supporting resolutions. Um, So these could be climate or social resolutions, traditionally seen as quite confrontational due to our culture in Asia, and also in some countries in Asia, which of course is a very diverse region, having very different thresholds um, for filing. But we have seen a step up in this activity in Asia as well, as is seen as a very effective means to bring about change. So, for example, in Japan last year, while we've seen many resolutions previously filed by NGOs, um, we saw the first institutional investor file climate resolution against a Japanese company. It was a utility in this case. And although the resolution didn't pass, it did send a very important signal to the companies on what investors are looking for, garnering in one instance over 25 percent support. Now, of course, with the three E's that you mentioned, there's a lot of topics uh, that you need to be addressing. If we could focus on, though, some of the key trends that you see for 2023. I think one area is definitely an increased focus on nature and biodiversity. 
So you might be quite familiar with Climate Action 100 Plus, which is the largest collaborative engagement program globally with over 700 investors representing over 70 trillion in dollars under asset management, collaboratively engaging with uh, the highest emitters, in other words, corporates globally on climate issues. So we saw the soft launch of a Nature Action 100 at COP15 at the end of last year. And we'll see investors starting to engage hopefully this year with companies on reducing nature loss. So we're very active in this area and we'll be working with industry peers to develop investor expectations for companies and also joining these corporate engagements. I think secondly, whilst E has been quite a big focus in climate, I think that S will be a focus area this year. There's growing recognition that these areas are quite interrelated. And for example, on the climate side, we really can't do decarbonisation in isolation, ignoring communities or workers, as I mentioned before, dependent on the traditional energy source. So in Asia, particularly this year, there'll be a big focus on early coal phase out and how we can get this done, um, how we can bring public and private markets together to finance this. And just transition will be a big component of that. Uh, sticking on the S side, I think regulation will also play a role. European supply chain due diligence will likely impact Asian suppliers, um, particularly in some areas like EVs or renewable components. And of course, we're likely to see more regulations. We see quite a lot of concerns over greenwashing, not surprising given that the industry has grown so quickly and stakeholders are demanding and want to see more transparency. So this is actually, in fact, quite welcome. We'll see likely more global developments to define ESG investing, as we've seen with EU SFDRs or in the UK with the FCA and also in this region from SFC and the MAS and um, in Hong Kong and Singapore. So this year, we're likely to see more of these guidelines, including developments on the taxonomy space, but also on the use of ESG data guidelines. So quite a lot going on this year. Now, BNP Paribas Management certainly prides itself on having been involved in, in ESG topics uh, and management, investment management for years. Uh, but of course, one can sit on one's laurels and always looking for new ways to engage, new ways to have an impact. So can you tell us about some of the new things we might anticipate uh, from BNP Paribas Management this year? At BNP Paribas Asset Management, we believe in bold stewardship, so we'll continue to expand and step up our work. So I guess, what do I mean by bold? So on the voting side, we're not afraid to say no to management proposals. We have a fairly high opposition rate of 30%. And last year, we did support 90% of climate shareholder proposals. And so we continue to be very active on this front. And we'll continue to strengthen our voting policy. This year, for example, on gender diversity, we've raised our threshold for the Asia region from 15 to 20 percent for minimum female board representation. And for reference, um, we're raising this in the developed markets from 30 to 35 percent. What this means is that we will vote against all male board members at companies that don't fulfill or reach our minimum threshold on gender diversity. And of course, we'll do that in conjunction with engagement. So we'll engage with companies on this issue ahead of AGM. So for example, last year we reached out to 40 companies and saw in fact half of them improve the gender of their board in line with our policy last year. So we're likely to do the same this year and perhaps more uh, engaging with our new policy. On corporate engagement side, um, we'll be expanding to new areas as well. Some of these more under the radar previously. One for example is on hazardous chemicals. 
So joining up with other investors collaboratively again on the systemic issue of chemical pollution, which is leading to a lot of public health problems and also drive biodiversity loss affecting insects and birds populations, for example. One particular concern, for example, is the Forever Chemicals Group, which, you know, by name, as you can imagine, are chemicals that don't break down in nature. And these are very pervasive in our everyday life. So we find these in makeup, our raincoats, pesticides. And in fact, one study found that soil and rainwater all over the world contain forever chemicals levels that exceed the safety levels set by our authorities. So we feel that it's very important for us to engage with companies on this. Regulations will be coming on fast um, and not just on the liability management side, but also there'll be opportunities and safer alternatives. Another area we're expanding to is sustainable proteins. So we're one of five founding member investors of a new platform in Asia, engaging with Asia's food companies on sustainable proteins. So this platform this year will be engaging with over 40 of Asia's listed food companies. So these will be your dairy companies, chicken producers, seafood producers, but also we'll be engaging with companies along the whole value chain, including manufacturers, retailers, hotels, restaurants. And by sustainable proteins, I mean not just only looking at alternative proteins, which might be what you're familiar with, like plant-based or technology alternatives to animal proteins, but we'll also be looking for responsible animal proteins production, taking into consideration factors like climate, deforestation, antibiotic use, traceability and animal welfare. And last but not least, just bringing back the full circle to Nature Action 100 as well, where one of a group of 11 investors spearheading this initiative. So I expect us to be very active on this area as well. More to come. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jane. If I could summarize some of the, the key points, we started out with really a broad definition of, of how, or at least how BNP Paribas Management views stewardship. And you pointed out from the beginning that the way we view our responsibility in managing uh, the investor's assets is that economic sustainability is fundamental. And we define that uh, by three E's, energy transition, environmental sustainability, and then equality and inclusive growth. And the way you make that happen is through voting, engagement, and policy advocacy. You pointed out that Asia is certainly a, a battleground in many of these areas when we think about environmental, social, and governance. Key trends for 2023, nature and biodiversity, supply chain due diligence, among many others. Uh, and then finally, what we should look for from you and your team in BNP Paribas Asset Management is bold stewardship. So we certainly will do that. Thanks, Jane, very much for joining me. Thanks, Daniel. I'm very happy to be here today. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint. Our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Jane Ho. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. 
please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.